Everybody, welcome to the High Five Countdown Podcast. My name is DJ Sefo, and I am proud to announce that there are more High Five Countdown Podcast episodes than there are Bruno Mars Super Bowl halftime show performances. I know I'll get a lot of hate for that, but I think it's a good thing. If you're new to the High Five Countdown Podcast, every episode we count down a different top five, usually in a topic that is relevant in pop culture. My two co-hosts and I will all give our top fives, we'll debate, we'll discuss, and by the end of the podcast, we try to come up with a consensus top five. Now, before I get into this episode's top five topic, I want to first introduce my two co-hosts. My first co-host actually got kicked off of his debate team because he was too nice and polite when making arguments. <laughs> Matty G. Well, I'm a one-man What's up? That's not true. I don't know, Matty G. That's what I hear from some of uh, the old Stepanek folks. Started rumors, though. Uh, Well, shout out to Neil, Mr. Miami, and uh, Mike Jalipsy. They're the ones that told me that. You're lying. My second co-host is always up to something because he's Jumpman, 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 Jumpman. What's going on, Tony B.? Not too much, Seth. Uh, and I heard that rumor too. I read it somewhere on the internet that he got kicked off the debate team. It was controversial, so like, don't don't take it too harshly. I had no time to be on the debate team. I was too busy trying to play one instrument at the same time, let alone three. <laughs> so it sounds like the first story that you're, I'm hearing from Matty G is I, I quit. I had better things to do. They're saying no, he wasn't focused. He's not good enough anyway. He, He's talking about all these different instruments and stuff like that. We need debaters. Ever since we did our top five songs of 2015, I have heard Jumpman about six times. And it's seriously like when you buy a new car and then you basically see that car everywhere. I feel that's the same thing with Jumpman. Now that I know about it, it's it's literally been attracted to me. Mm-hmm. I heard it in my car. I heard it at the mall. I heard it at a bar. And I heard it on a car that was driving past me on its radio. That's where I first heard the song. It's so, on someone else's radio. I'm going to just throw this out there. I think so many people listen to the podcast that they just were influenced by Tony, and that's why it just becomes such a huge hit. I, I did try to get some residuals from Drake and Future, because I think they co-wrote that song, Jumpman. I don't know how the lyrics were split. I don't know if it was a 50-50 split, or Drake wrote most of the lyrics, and Future just kind of came up with the Jumpman, Jumpman, Jumpman hook. We should get some of that money. I think it's a safe bet to say Future probably didn't write the majority of those lyrics. You're basically the, the corn to uh to drake's limp biscuit and that's the second limp biscuit reference we're gonna have dude this is amazing i am so pumped back-to-back limp biscuit references on back-to-back podcasts Yeah, basically. And for those of you who don't understand the reference, go back and listen to our episode number two, Top 5 Songs of 2015. You can find it on iTunes. Just search out High Five Countdown Podcast. You'll find our first two episodes, and now we start lucky number three. We are officially a hat trick. Yeah! Episode number three, we are breaking down the top Super Bowl 
halftime show performances. So, for those of you who listen, you know the drill. For those of you who haven't, my co-hosts and I will each list our top five Super Bowl halftime shows. We'll debate. We'll discuss. After we all give our lists, we'll tally up the results. We'll do some more debating. And hopefully, by the end of the show, come up with a consensus top five. But I wanted to start off the show a little bit different than usual. I wanted to start off by asking the two of you guys a trivia question. Then after we get the answer to that question, I wanted to give my opening thoughts, which I came up with right after we decided to do this topic. And then I'll obviously turn the floor over to you, Tony B, and you, Maddie G, to get your thoughts and reactions and everything that is good and wholesome. The trivia question is, what artists performed at more than one halftime show? Okay. I have like at least three in my head right now. There's a total of five. Okay. Maddie G, start us off, please. Okay, first one I'm thinking of is Beyonce. Yeah! That is correct. Tony B. Okay, the second one I'm thinking is Bruno Mars. Yeah! Correct. For number three, I'm going to go with Nelly. Yeah! That is correct. Okay. There's two more. Tony B. Justin Timberlake. Yeah! My gosh, you guys are on fire. I thought this would be harder. <laughs> well, actually, considering two of those artists performed in Super Bowls within the last four years, being Beyonce and Bruno Mars, those are pretty easy. But the last one, I think, will be a tough one. I'll be shocked if you guys get it. Uh, Slash? Um, no, I'm still trying to figure it out. (laughs) Can we get a clue? This is a tough artist to give a clue to. I, I don't even know what to say right, as a clue. All right, name a song. I don't know any songs. <laughs> oh my God. It's an artist that was big in the early 90s. Uh, and it's a female artist. Uh, it's not Janet Jackson, is it? It is not. Okay. Um, early 90s. Britney Spears? Uh, Mary J. Blige? Okay, I'm going to give it to you guys because I don't think you guys are going to get it. And this was the only artist that performed in three Super Bowl halftime shows. Gloria Estefan. Ugh. She performed in 92, 95, and 99. She's like the Peyton Manning of Super Bowl halftime performances, basically. I forget that gig. The gold standard. (laughs) Seriously, she performed in more... Super Bowl halftime shows, then Peyton Manning had Super Bowl wins. Well, I mean, I guess I gotta get Gloria Stefan jersey next time I watch Super Bowl. What team would she be on? That's a good question. I'll have to do a little bit of research because I had no idea she was even in more than one show. <laughs> Dude, I have to do a little research. I couldn't even name a Gloria Estefan song. Oh, that I could do. Oh, um, what's the name of that song? Uh, there's a one about, like, rhythm. Southern, uh, <laughs> uh, oh, come on, Maddie. You put yourself on the spot right now. <laughs> I gotta, like, sit here for, like, 25 minutes to think about it, so I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> Seriously, you came on really confident, too. You're like, that I can do! I'm seeing it right now in my head. Um, I know all... I know turn, all turn the beat around. Turn the beat around. Now I remember she did that one, but I couldn't name one off the top of my head, so yeah, yeah, yeah. kudos to you. Okay. I know all, I know all the Gloria Estefan songs. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Here's the reason I did that list. When we decided to do this topic, the first thing I did was I uploaded a list 
of all the Super Bowl halftime shows, I quickly draw the conclusion that this list of halftime shows is a timeline of the music industry. When you take a look at the majority of the halftime shows, they are artists who had a big year that year leading up to the Super Bowl. And every Super Bowl halftime show gave a snapshot of the music industry. Now, obviously, there's a little asterisk by this. Because, just like in any form of history, whenever there is a big historical moment, whether it's the Civil War, the Black Plague, there are ripples which cause things to break the mold and patterns to break for the several years following that event. Well, of course, there's one big halftime show that happened, which caused a lot of ripples, and I'm sure we'll talk about that halftime show one way or another. You said ripple, not... Okay, yeah. At least it's on the end. <laughs> I always think about it from terms of production because it was behind the scenes in television. The producers want to come up with a halftime show that is going to draw in people. And not football fans because they're already watching, but the other people who might not care whether Peyton Manning's playing Cam Newton, who are just there for the party and to see the halftime show. So that's why they have to bring in these big acts. And I'll conclude with this. When I go back to that trivia, and, and this is my general point, these truly are some of the biggest acts in music, and it truly is a timeline. Because when you take a look at all five of those names, and as much as we joke about Gloria Estefan, she was huge during the 90s, but the rest of them were all some of the biggest names in music. So I know that's a lot to chew on. Thank you for bearing with me on that. Uh, well, when I think about the Super Bowl halftime show, I think it gets a lot of hype. Just by association with the Super Bowl, because obviously in America, not most countries, but in America, it's like the TV event of the year. Like a regular Sunday night game can like dominate the ratings more than like some championship games for some other leagues. It's just like a fact. Um, so the Super Bowl is just enormous in America. And uh, the halftime show, a lot of times I feel like it doesn't live up to the hype because there's just so many people watching. And, and I feel like they pick it, they nitpick it so like harshly that there's not really much you can do to kind of live up to the hype of the Super Bowl. So I kind of, you know, I think it's a lot of times it's people kind of just take that time to just take a break anyway. They usually, like, get up off the couch, you know, go to the bathroom, get some more food. So it's kind of, like, in the background of Super Bowl parties a lot of times. Like, the one this year, I feel like I, I wasn't really watching it. I mean, I, I would look at the screen occasionally, but I wasn't there to, like, actually listen to the music and see, like, what was happening. I didn't know about any controversies until I got back on Facebook and found out about all the controversies that everyone was looking into. And, you know, so I, I think a lot of times it's kind of, like, more negative than positive. But it's just kind of people being spoiled when you think about it because it's like, oh, sorry, you got to deal with this 15-minute free show that's happening in the middle of this, like, awesome game that you're watching. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how I feel about it. So you're basically saying that the uh, Super Bowl halftime show might be more trouble than it's worth for music artists? A lot, I think a lot of times, actually, yeah. I mean, I think uh, sometimes it, it kind of backfires on them. Like in Black Eyed Peas, I think about with their show that was immediately like panned by everyone. And they were saying how, like, you know, even though they had Slash, they still butchered it. And, you know, it was kind of just pathetic. And the choreography was bad. I feel like a lot of times people just kind of just rip it apart more than they say, oh, that was a good show. It is getting a little, you know, played out. It may be getting too much trouble for these artists, but I, I kind of like, you know, the halftime show. And I guess like most people, I just kind of have it on in the background. But when I watch it, I'm really watching more for like the, the visual effects because there's a good chance that the person that's performing 
I may not really care for their music, but I can care for how the production was done, what kind of special effects were used, the lighting, the fireworks, that kind of stuff I like. I can see in the future they're getting rid of the, the halftime show and replacing it with something else. What would you want them to replace it with? Some sort of maybe obstacle course, maybe, like <laughs> like Ninja Warrior. <laughs> I think people would like it. Why can't we get, like, celebrities to do that? Just have, like, you know, <laughs> like Justin Timberlake is going to race Bruno Mars in an obstacle course. Who would win that race? Bruno Mars, I, he's a great songwriter, but I feel like Justin just ripped, you know? <laughs> Oh, no, the Santa Ladder is pretty tricky, you know. And, you know, I mean, people actually gamble on, like, what's the first song going to be that Coldplay plays? And that's, like, something that you can't really or shouldn't really gamble on. I mean, I guess the people that are doing that don't really care about the odds, but there are people who know, like, what the first song is going to be. Like, if, like, Bruno Mars plays Justin Timberlake in, like, a, a race or something or a match, like, there's no actual way you could rig it. Well, I guess you could. Like, I mean, boxing was rigged, I guess, at some point. <laughs> but, but, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, at least it's more unpredictable than just, like, oh, yeah, they're going to do the same three songs that you, you expected. So maybe instead of Katy Perry, some sort of, like, I don't know, boxing match? Do, like, celebrity boxing. Have, like, Tanya Harding fight some other... Like, blast in the past. <laughs> but I want to see a knockout. I want to see blood. I want to see people hurt. You do that for 15 minutes, I'll be fine. For the uh, for the boxing, don't we get enough of that in the NFL? I mean, we had the Odell Beckham-Norman uh, fighting. Hell, we should just throw those guys in the ring during halftime. See, we're solving the NFL problem one podcast at a time. We get NFLers to go into the ring, field cage match, and whoever wins... Their team gets, I don't know, some, they get an extra seventh round pick. <laughs> but I like to see some fight. I like to see Peyton versus Eli. And I realized that Peyton was playing in the Super Bowl, so it would be hard to get him in the halftime show. But they could work something out. They could have had Brock in there for a couple of series. I think uh, that's basically what Celebrity Deathmatch was. Remember that show back in the Yeah, I was just like, yeah. They, and that, that actually happened during the halftime show. Like, it was like... MTV was kind of banking on people getting bored of the halftime show, and like it would be on for like 15 minutes in between like the, the halves. And I feel like that was basically like when that show got launched, if I'm not mistaken. There was a time when like you know Hanson or somebody was like fighting somebody else, some other group. It was like a three on three death match, and they had some other crazy matchups. I feel like that show might have started as a halftime show. I'm not sure though. Five, five, four, four, three, three, two, two, one. Y'all ready for this? Here we go. Well, we have one tie that we got to deal with. Number four and five is Bruce Springsteen and Paul McCartney. So we got to figure out the order between the two of them. I yeah. mean, I'll debate in favor of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce was really the first artist to take us out of that wave of older generation artists, which... Bruce is old, though. Yes, but he moved. He took more than five steps. I'll give he, you that he moved, and he was very commanding. Paul McCartney's the old generation. And meanwhile, you have Bruce, who represents the new age. No, he was old, but he was just telling us young people what to do. Put down the fork! <laughs> you need to put down that unrighteous fork. We're going to bring the righteous! <laughs> One way you can look at it is that I'm the only person with both of those people uh, on my list, and I had Bruce Springsteen ranked fourth, and uh, Paul McCartney was fifth. So if you do it that way, because everyone else, it's kind of split down the middle. Uh, yeah, so I guess I'll go with Bruce Springsteen being number four, just because I, I think it was he brought the energy and like you know that that hyping up in the beginning, the sliding and uh, you know teabagging the entire world. I think it was really exciting. Again, he was very bossy. Very, he, he explains why he's the boss. 
And Paul McCartney seemed like he was he wanted people to stop clapping. <laughs> will, you, will you settle down? I'm trying to perform some songs here, and you're being quite rude. <laughs> I can't hear myself. I can't hear me, band. And it's, get, it's getting on in the night, you know. Just let me sing me songs. <laughs> and Bruce is like, I need you to scream when I sing my songs. Turn the television all the way up. I'm turning the television all the way up. Well, what about the? Fo- I said all the way up. I'm turning the television all the way up. I mean, you can turn it up a little bit if you want. Like, not too loud. You want to be able to hear the people at the party. So, number five with nine total points in our system. Paul McCartney. Number four is via tiebreaker Bruce Springsteen in his performance in 2009. Number three with, with 11 points is Michael Jackson's performance in 1993. Number two with... 14 points is Aerosmith featuring NSYNC, featuring Britney Spears, featuring Nelly and Mary J. Blige, 2001. And then lastly, number one, appearing on all three lists, is U2's performance in 2002. And that's our top five. That's our righteous top five. We're going to bring the righteous! (laughs) (laughs) We're going to spend all night doing this. We'll get to bed at like 2 (laughs) a.m. A righteous 2 a.m. We're going to bring the righteous! Okay, let's go through the top five. Matty G, you obviously announced them, and we'll do what we always do. Uh, we'll do the top five, and we'll say each say a brief statement about each song, and then we'll close it down. Number five. From 2005, we have Paul McCartney's performance. He definitely performed younger than the Rolling Stones did. He didn't look like Skeletor. As a kid, I didn't appreciate it because, again, he, he didn't hit his Fitbit count. But Paul McCartney is a legend, and Hey Jude rock. It's a great performance. Just like Seth, I was a little late to the Beatles party and specifically the Paul McCartney bandwagon. The Super Bowl performance was really good. Um, he could have used some more steps. But, you know, he's assuming that you're going to do your steps, that you're going to be righteous enough to dance in your own homes. It didn't have a lot of bells and whistles. It just had a legend playing the piano, playing the guitar. One of the more important members, if you could say that, about one of the most important musical artists of, of history. Number four, breaking a tiebreaker with Sir Paul McCartney, is Bruce Springsteen from 2009. This righteous performance. We're gonna bring the righteous! It made us all put down the guacamole, put down the salsa, and get down with the E Street Band. Outside of that, I can't, I can't name another song that he did, but no other performance got me hyped up from the first 30 seconds like that. But no one had ever told me, no, you need to do this, and then that, and then you can listen to me. I never had to do chores. I want you to put the chicken. I think he would have done the world a favor if he was like, do some crunches, eat some vegetables, you know, but, you know, he, he still did enough to, to help the world out. So he made the, the sad world a happier place with his, uh, with his tea bag. I think, I think Bruce Springsteen actually probably would have gotten Paul McCartney to move. Number three, the 1993 performance by Michael Jackson. <laughs> 
Michael Jackson is one of the greatest performers uh, in the history of music. He will go down in history as having one of the best Super Bowl performances on top of that. He's the king of pop. He made the threshold for what a Super Bowl performance was supposed to be. I just freaking wish I would have had a, that minute of my life back. I thought it was a great show. I grew up listening to Michael Jackson as a child, so it was a nice part of my childhood being able to see him at the Super Bowl in full Michael Jackson gear. Number two, Aerosmith, featuring NSYNC, Nelly, Britney Spears, and Mary J. Blige, 2001. I think that this will be the all-time of Super Bowl halftime shows when you take a look at that list. And again, think back to 2001. Aerosmith, huge. Sync, huge. Britney Spears, huge. Nelly, just on the precipice of being huge. And Mary J. Blige was having a big year as well. That defines a big Super Bowl halftime show. And I don't think any Super Bowl halftime show will ever be able to touch it. Well, if you have ADHD, this Super Bowl performance was for you? Yeah, it actually was my number one, so so I totally agree with that pick. Number <laughs> number one, I totally agree with it. Number one, you two in two thousand two. To me, you know, U2 is what Michael Jackson is to Tony, or or you know, what Michael Jackson or Paul McCartney is to Matty G. U2 is a great band. Bono is such a commanding voice. U2 was coming off their own huge year, which sometimes people forget. Obviously, the perfect timing for them to do a halftime show while they were still in their prime. Background of it, the September 11th and the message just raises it up to the next level. And I'm proud to have this as our number one. Well, it was a great performance. And I think we'll all remember that halftime show. But I think it was also a performance that the country needed at the time. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with the pig. I, I had it all in my top three. And I think everyone did actually have it in the top three. So uh, it's self-explanatory that we all thought it was really important. And uh, I totally justify it being number one overall. All right. Well, that's our top five. I like it. Thank you all for listening to this episode of the High Five Countdown Podcast, Top 5 Super Bowl Halftime Shows. If you are looking for more episodes of the High Five Countdown Podcast, we are on iTunes. So go on to iTunes, search High Five Countdown Podcast, and you'll find us. If you like what you hear in those podcasts, please leave us a rating. Hope you were thoroughly entertained. Let's close it out. I'm DJ Seppo, and I'm going to reach out to both Left Shark and Fred Durst and see which one I can get first to jump on the High Five Countdown podcast. Yeah! Well, I mean, if we're going to start inviting guests, I say we try to get um, Mr. Righteous Bruce Springsteen on the show. You know, maybe he could enlighten us with his righteousness. We're going to bring the righteous! I'm Matty G, and I'm going to find my uh, my chicken fingers that I dropped six years ago. I want you to put the chicken fingers down! Down the chicken fingers! Put down the guacamole! <laughs> Who says that? <laughs> Who eats guacamole at a Super Bowl party? That seems pretty ambitious. And we'll leave you with Tony's impressions of Bruce Springsteen and Paul McCartney. All right, well, you know, we'll just call it all. You know, we don't need to be bouncing around all day. You know, that's a, that's a lot of work just to be running around and screaming. I'm, i got to play me song, and the guitar weighs a lot. So I'd like to conserve my energy a little bit. Paul, you can conserve your energy, but I'm going to be righteous tonight. <laughs> I want you to step back from the-
guacamole dip. I want you to. Put 